everybody was rushing, as I said, to buy after the roadshow the, the few days after. So to try to be more uh, calm. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guests, Cyril Landendorf. And Cyril, are you ready to rock? Yeah, I'm ready to <laughs> rock, yes, Andrew. All right. So Cyril is a managing director of international affairs and private equity department of the French Cooperative Bank, Credit Cooperatif, member of BPCE Banking Group, and has over 20 years of experience in the banking sector. After achieving a master's in finance from Paris Dauphine University, Cyril began his investment banking career working for Bank Paribas and ABN Amro Bank in Western Africa, London, and Paris for 15 years. Prior to his current role as, as managing director at CC, Cyril worked for four years in analyzing and monitoring for CC solitary investment portfolio of investment funds managed at an asset management company uh, that's a subsidiary of CC Group in France. And let's look at a couple of other things. He's also a board member of the French Second International Solidarity NGO, ACTED. And he's been a rapporteur of the French National Advisory Board report on social impact investment in 2014. And he now is the chair of the French National Advisory Board, representing France on the executive committee of the Global Steering Group for Impact Investment under the chairmanship of Sir Ronald Cohen. He also is chairing the Impact Invest Lab, which is an operational arm of the French NAB. Cyril Take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Well, as you mentioned, Andrew, I uh, started my life as an investment banker. I uh, had some to face some of a, a few crises, some bubbles like the internet bubbles, the financial crisis in the 90s and the 2000s. So I decided to change, to stay in banking, but to change and doing other things in banking. I started, as you mentioned, to uh, investigate on what we call social businesses or in France, solidarity-based entrepreneurs and uh, how to finance these entrepreneurs. And then I started also to look at the impact investment movement that was starting in, the, in 2005, 2006 with the Rockefeller Foundation trying to promote this new thematic. So today, after 10 years, I'm responsible, as you said, in the credit cooperative on uh, private equity investments of the bank. Credit cooperative is a, a bank that is financing social economy organizations. We mean social economy organizations. We mean mutuals, associations, NGOs, foundations, and cooperatives. We are a cooperative bank. So we are owned by our members. So basically, I left investment banking. I moved to uh, trying to do banking to also with some sense for what I do. So not mm -hmm. looking on the daily minute price charts, but uh, having a long-term view on our investments and also trying to do, to do good in terms of financial return, but also to have a social return. Great. And before I ask you the big question, I think, you know, for our audience, it would be great if we could hear from you, how do you or your institution define impact investing? Because, you know, we have investing related to 
ESG and revesting related to, you know, social action and different types of things, just would be curious, what does impact investing mean to you? Well, basically, we uh, have defined impact investing, having a financial return, a social return, to measure also that return on a long-term basis, to have uh, reporting on that return. So that's a definition we published in the 2014 report of the French National Advisory Board on Social Impact Investment. The philosophy at the bank is, is the same. We are, we are impact first in terms of our investments. We are looking at social impact first and, of course, a small return. But the financial return is not our main goals because we think we have a duties as bankers to help start uh, new projects, especially in the field of financial inclusion. Fantastic. Okay. That helps me a lot because uh, I get a lot of people talking about these topics. And uh, I think that's a pretty clear description, the idea of social return ahead of financial return, though financial return is still a component. So fantastic. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Well, basically, I was a young uh, investment banker in 1995, but still uh, quite a rookie in the market. And uh, we had the opportunity to uh, invest in a, in a stock called Nokia, the, the mobile phone maker from Finland. It was very popular. Nokia was very popular in the 90s. And we had a big roadshow in uh, Paris in June 1995. And uh, the stock has, had already gone up from early uh, January 95 up to two euro per share. And the stock in January was around 120, 110, 120 euro. So there was a big roadshow, a lot of uh, clients coming, a lot of interest, management of Nokia coming in. And I was not suspicious about that kind of event at the time. So basically everybody went out saying it's a great story, but the stock had already gone up, as I said. So uh, everybody rushed to buy the stock at the end of the roadshow the next day at around two euro. And it was a crash after. <laughs> and everybody was complaining that this roadshow with the marketing event and a lot of promotion, but the stock crashed to, uh, let's say, one and a quarter at the end of the year. So uh, basically we lost 75 euro sets. So that was a, a terrible investment in a short period. And mm. even if uh, after the roadshow, the stock went a little bit more up to 220, something like that. But basically, uh, when you're a young investor and you think, well, you learn from this, mm. it took us nearly two years to be back to two euro, which tells you how much time it took to suffer. <laughs> and some of, the, some of the people that invested uh, were not patient enough. So they left, uh, mm. they sold with the loss. But for those who were patient, who kept thinking it was a good story, they had to wait two, two years. So basically, the timing was wrong. But in the end, the stock went today it's around six euros. So if you were patient for 25 years, you could make some money. Still, it went up more during the 2000 years. So that was my worst investment, I would say. And okay. uh, my clients, they were asking me a lot of uh, questions. Probably uh, it's the next question yeah. from you. Well, they probably thought it was your worst investment too. <laughs> yes. But I think to remember that for some in the audience that weren't around in 1995 is that I know in Thailand, if you had a mobile phone, it was a Nokia. There was simply yes. no other. 
So although, you know, what you've talked about is the pumping up of the story and getting everybody excited and getting them in, but also that may have also coincided with the company actually doing pretty well, but eventually Nokia really, you know, had a hard time. So, okay, well, listen, let me ask you, what lessons did you learn from this? Well, basically, I learned that, first of all, uh, you don't have to be discouraged and markets go up and down quite quickly. So you have to be uh, very uh, persistent if you think the story is good. You have to understand more in depth what went wrong. And I think I made a lot of investments in uh, analyst calls, in the sector research, looking at competitors, looking at more detailed analysis of the business model of the company, of the products and also getting more uh, visits with the management of the company because obviously they they promoted their company at the time where it was uh, nearly on its highs. And as you said, Nokia was say, the star in the mobile phone industry in the 90s. So it took me a lot of patience, a lot of perseverance, and also to think that uh, the story was still good on a very long-term basis. So uh, mm. I would say, uh, as we say here in Curry Cooperative, patient, capital. <laughs> All right. That's great. And the one thing that I take away from this is for the listeners, always beware that when companies are going out raising capital, it's what sometimes we say in English, we say a dog and pony show. They're really trying to sell the story. That's the job of the roadshow. And they've put a lot of energy into making a good presentation. They've put a lot of, you know, they've been practicing it. They've been talking about it. And so I think sometimes, particularly when we're young in the industry, we don't see necessarily as clearly what's behind that dog and pony show, that road show. But now as I've gotten older and I see what's behind it, it helps me to kind of put things in the perspective. And I think that's one of the big takeaways that I get from it. Is there anything you'd add to that? I agree. And especially that companies are very good at marketing themselves, at showing the, the good side of their businesses, not only for capital raising, but also to generate more investments in the stock without any new, new shares being offered. So you have to be very cautious when you see this kind of worldwide roadshows of companies uh, sometimes can be dangerous. Well, that brings us to the next question, which is based upon what you learned from this story and what you continue to learn. I mean, you have so much more knowledge and experience. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And I would highlight, think about that listener who's actually a young man or woman sitting in Paris, sitting in London, sitting in New York, and they've got a roadshow that's just come at them with the hottest news stock or the best story. You know, it's so seductive to just get in it. What one piece of advice would you have for them so that they don't suffer that same fate? Two advices. First, do your homework. Do your research. Don't be in a hurry. Everybody was rushing, as I said, to buy after the roadshow the, the few days after. So to try to be more uh, calm, patient. And second thing is, if you, if you think the story is good, then probably and after a, a strong rally of the stock, buy a few shares, but don't buy the whole of your position and see what's happening because the bottom of the price was around N95 or early 96 and it was around 110, 120. 
So uh, if you think the story was good at two, it's better at, at 110 and 120. So buy more then. And mm. I didn't buy any because I had bought the whole position at two. Great. And I think the idea of building a position or position sizing, it's a great, great advice. So last question, what is your number one goal for the next 12 months? As you mentioned, uh, I'm very much involved in impact investment. And this year, France is sharing the G7 presidency. And one of the topic is trying to promote impact investment and social impact investment during that presidency. So High Commissioner for Social Economy will organize an event probably in um, May or June here in Paris about social impact investment. And uh, my goal as chair of the Impact Invest Lab is to uh, be a, a strong promoter of this event and trying to help organizing this event and push our best uh, projects and, and best practice that we are doing in France. Well, that sounds like you're going to have a big challenge ahead. And um, for the listeners out there who are interested in learning about impact investing, I think you can follow CRL and understand a little bit more. You, I'll put in any links in the show notes that I can of things that the listeners can learn more from. So, well, listeners, there you have it another story of loss to keep you winning to find more stories like this previous episodes and resources to help you reduce your risk visit my worst as we wrap up Cyril thank you again for coming on the show I know it's painful talking about our losers but our listeners are learning to win as a result do you have any parting words for the audience Thank you, Andrew, for, for that uh, wonderful call and for that uh, energy you put in the show. I think you learn from the mistakes, you learn from the uh, worst investments you made, and don't be uh, disappointed. It's part of the investment life, and I've learned a lot, and I've moved from listed to non-listed companies, and so I don't have to look at the daily charts, so uh, more patient and not looking at the quarterly results. Well, I think that's good inspiration, particularly for the young people out there that, you know, there are mistakes that we're going to make, but as long as we learn from them, you know, we can build up our knowledge and we add more value to clients over time. So that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.